I'm Lisa Billu, and I went from housewife to co-founder of the billion-dollar company Quest Nutrition, and now president of Impact Theory. Our mission with this show is to empower you and all women to recognize you really can become the hero of your own life. Welcome to Women of Impact. From the day you leave college, you approximately have 21,000 days left before you die. What are you going to do with those days? Well, today's guest asked herself that very question, and her answer, (laughs) do cool shit. And cool shit she has done. After 9-11, this former investment banker had her aha moment and decided she was going to create real impact by dealing with real-world problems. And so Thinks was born, a period-proof underwear company whose innovative design was a reinvention of the tampon, which, by the way, was created in 1931 by a man. Her out-of-the-box thinking disrupted the $15 billion industry and took her company from zero to $100 million in just two and a half years. Featured in the New York Times, ABC, and CNN, to name a few, this woman was riding high. But all the financial success and accolades were, it turned out, not her end goal. Realizing that breaking the taboos goes way beyond just periods, she is now on a mission to tackle other issues we are too embarrassed to talk about. One being defecation. Now, while this isn't a sexy topic, she looked at the world's problems and asked herself how she can be a part of solving them. Well, the fact that there are almost a billion people in developing countries who do not have access to toilets, leaving millions of women at risk of assault and sexual abuse every day by having to travel far and alone to find a place to release themselves is a cause she could get behind. So her new company, Tushy, is now on a mission to help build clean sanitation facilities for the urban poor in India, and her partnership with Samara has already helped build toilets for over 20,000 families. Like a -a whack-a-mole champion, this woman (laughs) sure knows how to hit the taboos over the head. Yet, she picked up her sledgehammer again and is now challenging the status quo with her new book, Disrupt Her. She tackles head-on what we can do in our own lives to shift our way of thinking, challenge our existing beliefs, and in turn, become authentically and radically ourselves. So please, help me in welcoming the authentically and unapologetically badass, the disruptor herself, Mickey Agrawal. Hey, Annie. Welcome to the show. So happy to be here in your fantastic home. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) So the first thing that just hit me that was like, we have to start on this topic is facing the taboos and challenging Mm -hmm. them. Because it seems like every step of your career has really been doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's go back to you've just developed things. You're about to um, advertise. You've created this amazing, beautiful artwork. You're about to put it up on the subways, and they tell you you can't use the word period. <laughs> so the fact that this day and age, that word is still taboo is crazy to it's me. It's crazy. But talk to me a bit about that and um, how you approach that. Yeah, well, so the first thing is that I researched the word taboo, and the word taboo actually stems from the Polynesian root word tapua, and tapua actually means menstruation. So taboo means menstruation. Like one of the definitions of it is like the thing that creates human life. And so that's so, it was so fascinating to really put that together and say, Mm -hmm. wow, like a woman's period, which creates human life for every man, woman walking on earth is considered something shameful. And so, and and it was kind of slapped in, in my face and our faces when we tried to advertise in the subways and they said, no, you can't use the word period. It would be offensive to the riders. It was fascinating that the most progressive city in the world, New York City, in that context, 
it's still considered something shameful and weird. And also with, with and same thing with my newest company now with Tushy, you know, it's, it's actually wild that the concept of going to the bathroom is taboo. Meanwhile, everybody poops. If we're lucky, everybody poops every day and multiple times a day, if you're lucky, yeah. luckier, you know? And, um, and the fact that we are still using dry paper to wipe ourselves after we poop, which is what we did in the 1890s, you know, when we have phones and we have amazing abilities to create neon sets <laughs> and all this magic, you know, and yet when we step into the bathroom, poof, we're back into the 1800s. The concept of using water to properly clean yourself is considered weird and uncomfortable. Meanwhile, the question is like, would you jump in your shower, not turn the water on and just use dry paper and be like, oh, no, I'm clean. This is I'm great. Right. Like or or if you went to your dishes and like cut up a piece of raw chicken that had salmonella all over it and you're like, OK, I'm just going to wipe it with some dry paper and put my dishes away in the cupboards. Like people will be like, you're disgusting and you're crazy. Right. So like the fact that we have been indoctrinated so deeply by by society and that's like this is the way it is and therefore this is truth. We just want to just go in there, do what we've been doing, and run out of there as fast as we can, pretending like we were never in the bathroom. And do you think that that's why it's never been addressed? Because society has deemed these things like periods and poop, poop and things like that as being taboo. So shameful. no one's... Shameful. Okay, mm-hmm. talk to me about shame. Because, I mean, even now, even in my intro, I use the word defecation because I was like, do I use poop? poop? Or do I use poop? <laughs> like, I... It's even uncomfortable for me. I'm actually not normally uncomfortable about talking about anything. (laughs) Um, So why is it that these things have become shameful? Because it's led, I think, to the outdated ways that we handle it. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, when you really break it all down, it's all made up. Everything, all these rules, (laughs) these laws, society, society was created by people. Society was created by people who are no different than you and me. Meanwhile, they created these rules from years past, and therefore, this is the way it is, this is the truth, this is the law, and therefore, this is the way we sh- how we should obey. And so we just learn really early on how to be obedient and how not to stray, and only those who really were in control could make these calls to what society deems is acceptable mm-hmm. or not. A woman's period, it's woman, it's a woman that creates human life. A woman's power is held inside our wombs. I mean, the fact that we create human life is the most powerful thing in the world. So my whole thought is like, and our, you know, is can we all, as women, realize and recognize that, oh my God, like we hold the power of humanity right here. And now that women are, 64% of women are either primary or co-breadwinners in the world today, unlike, you know, just a few generations past where women were pretty much housewives. And as women are gaining power and also are having a seat at the table, just being equal, slowly, slowly, women are starting to say, wait a minute, I don't have to procreate with an asshole who's mm. now going to, because he has the money, I can cro- procreate with someone who's kind, gentle, and loving. And so because I have the power right here. And so back to you know the way society and shame and all that stuff, all of that was built to control society, to control people, to control women, to control land, to control... So that's, that's where it all, all stemmed from. So mm. if we can really sort of erase a lot of that and, and start from a place of pure, authentic truth, which is when, when we're born, um, to really getting back to our sort of, you know, our roots, mm. you know, can we truly start shifting culture for ourselves and for the world? I love that you brought it around to like when we're born, because we have a certain type of belief system, I think, when we're born and then as we become adults, that shifts. And it's one of your chapters in your book. I actually want yeah. to read a quote because I loved it so much. Um, you said that we go from innocent to indecent, 
playful to disruptive, fun to bad. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Why do you think that happened? And do you think we're able to reverse it um, as adults? I mean, it's a great question, and and yeah, I mean, think about it. Like when you're when you're a kid and you're like playing with like boys in the in like the sandbox, and it's really fun and playful. And then all of a sudden, it's like pull your skirt down, like you know, it's like oh, go get your upper lip waxed. You know, like when you're going through puberty mm-hmm. as a as a girl, you kind of start sprouting like hair everywhere. You know, and so my Greek friend's mom, who I love. She was like, "Oh, I think it's time for for you and your sister to now go and and go to an esthetician and start mm-hmm. to like get your unibrow taken care mm-hmm. of and all this." You know, at the time, you know, I was like, "Oh, wait, what's wrong with 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 my face?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so all of a sudden, you just start to feel self conscious, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you start to go start to get marketed more and more by this is how you're supposed to look, and this is societal standards of how you're supposed to sound and act and behave, and oh, and by the way, like this is. You know how, like, what is deemed societally okay to live life like? You know, I mean, there's this amazing story. It's also in my book about this this guy named Gordon McKenzie, who um, he was a um, creative director for Hallmark for 30 years, and he to basically get creative inspiration, he would go to um, elementary schools to to meet with children because children were the most open mm-hmm. vessels for creativity to just kind of talk to them, and he would go to these. Um, The kindergartners, and he would ask them, "Okay, who here is an artist?" And like all the kids would jump up off their chairs and be like, "Me, me, me! I'm an artist! I'm an artist!" They would just be like, you know, like going crazy, being like, "I'm an artist!" And you go to the first grader, "Okay, who's here? Who here is an artist?" And like it'd be like, and half the kids would raise their hands. And it's like by third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, by the time they got to sixth grade, who here is an artist? Maybe one kid was like, you know. And it just went from like I'm creative, I'm an artist, to like I don't, I feel awkward to even say that I am, and it's bad. Is it bad? You know,、mm. this this teaching system that we live in, which is like you know, you be in these straight room tables, and like there's a teacher in the front that like tells you to sit down and shut up and be quiet and this and that, and constantly, that can really quelch creativity, you know. And it was just like such a clear showcasing of what happens to girls. As we hit puberty, our our confidence plummets because of the way society is telling us how to look, act, think, and behave. And it's just like if this society is being created by people who are just like you and me, why should we fucking listen to any of them?、Mm. We can disrupt all of that. People just want to like like react negatively right away、mm. because it's different. And the minute you're presenting something different and new, people just want to talk so much smack. And so like if this is society. And these are disruptors. We're trying to move society forward, right?、Mm-hmm. To try to create change and impact and create superheroes out of women, right? Like this is society, and this is disruptors. Society is going to call any one of these people names. They'll,、mm-hmm. they'll burn you for witchcraft. They'll tell you you're a fucking loser, and you're like, don't know what you're talking about. You're a quack, and you're this, and you're that, just so they maintain its form,、mm-hmm. right? Because we'll do anything、yes. to maintain its form. Because society, I mean, it's really fascinating when you get in the psychology of why people. Want to maintain its form, where the fears are, and then also, you know, what it takes to truly disrupt things, and how you have to fight through so much more just to move society forward because、yeah. they want to maintain its form. 
Oh my God, there's so much gold yeah. there. I don't know where to start. So yeah. um, first of all, then let's talk about dis- actually being the disruptor. So if, for instance, because I love your analogy and your, your breakdown and understanding of how we got to be where we are, right? When we're first young, we just go with our hearts. We're not told you shouldn't do this. As we get older, we start adopting these um, societal um, preconceptions, preconceptions yeah. beliefs onto us. So if that's the case, like, yeah. how do you yes. stand your ground and keep pushing forward when you've got so much, you're going against the wave, Yeah. but to be a disruptor, you have to. Yeah. So how do you become a disruptor? What do you tell yourself? What are the things you have to coach yourself through yeah. to do it? Well, a few things. One is having a really great support system. Like you have a, a really beautiful relationship with your husband and your friend, you know, your team. Um, for me, you know, I spent the last, you know, really 15 years like nurturing a community and really having a bunch of like poets and creatives and artists and entrepreneurs and people who are just not like, you know, doing your, you know, societally acceptable things. And so we've all had sticks and stones thrown at us. And so for us, it's like for us to be like, oh yeah, that happened to me like when blah, blah, blah. And so you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like this isn't weird. Like, you know, I've been through the roller coaster of entrepreneurship myself even recently. And when you go through the down cycle, when people are throwing rocks at you, it can get like really like, holy shit, like what's happening? And then you're like, oh no, no, I'm in integrity. So then you have to re-remind yourself that like, oh, I'm in integrity. Like I'm moving society forward because it's the right thing to do. We want to save 15 million trees from getting flushed down the toilet. We want to eliminate shame around period. We want to bring light to the global sanitation crisis. These are all things that we actually want to do. And being in integrity means like what you're thinking, feeling, and saying all have to align. It's not necessarily being like a good person, which, which is important too, but it's really being in alignment because how often are we like, oh, like, hey, and then you're like, bitch, you know what I mean? And you're just like totally not in alignment. Mm-hmm. But if you're in alignment with what you're authentically yourself, you know, fully, I think that can, can really help you keep pushing forward. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, I, I started working with a, with a life and leadership coach and um, what, what she's helped me, you know, what she's taught me is, is how to become a warrior gatekeeper of my mind. And, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a game and it's a fun game. And so like the game is, okay, so whatever thought, a negative thought comes into your head, it gets to your, your gate at your, in the front of your head. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, all right, like I have two choices. Either I let it in my gate and then let it like spiral and fester. Or I like catch it at the gate being like, ha, got you. Like, nice try. You're not allowed in. Sorry. Bye. Or then you just keep moving forward. And it's actually an opportunity to flex those muscles to catch what's been coming at you. And sometimes you let shit get in. You're mm-hmm. human, we're human beings. And then when you're like, when then you let something in your gate and you're spiral, sometimes you're spiraling and you're like pe- planning a revenge plan. Cause I've done that definitely <laughs> while I'm showering. I'm like, okay, and then I'm going to do that. You know, like, right. you know, and then you're like, while you're doing that, you're like, then you like, you basically practice pattern interrupt. So there's two things. Mm-hmm. So one is practicing becoming the warrior gatekeeper of your mind. So catching these negative thoughts that come in and before they fester in your body. Mm-hmm. And then if they, fe- if they get into your body somehow, then you like practice pattern interrupt, which is like, I'm, um, I'm going to go and, and go for a run or I'm going to go and play with my baby and I'm going to go and hug my husband and I'm going to go and talk to my best friend who loves me. And I'm going to go and, you know, do a million that work on my next project. I'm super excited about like really practice pattern interrupt, interrupt the pattern of spiraling because we're humans and we all, you know, we talked about it earlier, like we're all great storytellers and we all like want to complete these stories for ourselves, but it's like at what cost and for what purpose? And is it value? I mean, we only have 21,000 days to live on the planet. Literally, like I have less, we, you know, now. And so like, do I want to spend my time like planning my revenge or do I want to spend my time like really focusing on like positive high vibrational stuff that I actually care about and are actually important to me? 
because like people are going to do low vibrational shit all the time and you can't, you just, it's not your shit. It's not about, it's not about me in the end. So you have to really dislodge your ego and yourself from like people talking shit. And that's all in my book. And I, and I feel like had I not gone through like the roller coaster of entrepreneurship, I never would have had to truly flex those muscles over and over and over again. You know, and again, there are moments where you, you do cry and you do like let it in and you're like, all right, this is a moment where I want to feel it. And I want to just like rage for a second. And then you're like, all right, now I'm done. I'm going to go for a run. and I'm going to like, you know, get after it again. All right. Let's talk about that then. Cause how do you know which one's the one is like, no, this should really like let this settle. It's okay. Feel it. And other ones where you're like, this isn't serving you. It is just, um, like a bacteria that's <laughs> yeah. just festering. Yeah. How do you differentiate the two? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, like for, for me, 99% of the time it would be considered bacteria. Mm. And, and, and in my book, I talk about how, you know, you can either be a flowing river or you can be a stagnant pond. It promotes pests like, like toads and roaches and like flies and bacteria. Whereas a flowing river is, you know, is like fresh, happy fish and like, you know, jumping around and having a good time. So it's like dwelling is in the stagnant Mm -hmm. pond, stagnant water field. Dwelling never works. Like it never helps. So when you're getting into the point of dwelling, you're like, oh, that's dwelling. Like, no. When, it, when it's at a level of, uh, it's like a healing moment where you get to like share something and then you get to like feel it and then heal from the share, like that, that's not, that's not dwelling. That's sharing a story that happened for you, you know, so you can learn. When I share, you know, my up and down stories, I get emotional, some, you know, sometimes. But for me, that's cathartic because I get to like have those clearings in my body as I'm sharing it. Because I get to re-remind myself, like, no, 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 I'm in integrity. And it was a really hard thing I went through. But it's okay. Like, I also learned how to become a warrior gatekeeper of mine, how to practice pattern interrupt. I learned so much from this experience. And so that I just have to sit in the learning, the flowing river of, like, mm-hmm. what I learned to keep flowing forward. But dwelling and festering are the same thing. And and dwelling and then, like, like kind of purging when you're feeling something, those are different things. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's okay to when you're sharing, you know, to, to, to let yourself be emotional. And when you're, let's say in the shower and you're having these, you know, moments where you're like, Oh, I'm going to fester and I'm going to get this person. Yeah. Um, do you ask yourself, like, is this a river moment or am I a pond? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm like, is this serving me right now? Yeah. Is this serving me? And is it serving me my highest 21,000 days to live? Like every, like time is the most non-renewable resource we have. And really, we just throw it out, you know, like I, I some, you know, it's like in the beginning when I went through it, it was just like, I, I sat in the shower for like 30 minutes, just like, you know, like, ugh, you know, and then, and then you're like, okay, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to reduce that to like, you know, like a five, five minute shower or a two minute shower. So I don't spend that time thinking like yeah. that. So you kind of like just switch things around and I'm, I'm able to really like pr- switch it to, to, to gratitude right away. It's like, oh my God, I, I, I just, live in my beautiful home that, that with my, my husband that I love and with my baby and I have amazing community. And I'm like, I'm building projects that I'm so passionate about. Like there is nothing except for my ego was bruising that is just letting me fester in that mm-hmm. shit. So there's nothing positive or productive for me to think about that right now. But in a sharing, if I'm sharing with my coach about something that came up and it triggered something that's important to do mm-hmm. because then you can understand where your triggers are, you know? So 
I just have to pick my battles. And the ones that I feel like I'm picking more and more now are really ones about driving myself forward in a really productive way. Yeah. I love that and the tip of being in the shower for 30 minutes and going okay like you can't force yourself to feel something different so I can control the situation so if I know that if I'm sitting in the shower for 30 minutes it's not serving me I'm just going down a very dark spiral yeah. only allow yourself five minutes to be in the shower because then your thoughts can't run there yeah like that's such a powerful tip takeaway for mm. people to actually hear because I think people get so caught up in the emotion of it uh-huh. and the feeling of it right because you may have every right to feel like that you may have every right to like come up with a totally. plan on how you're gonna you know like do better than them and be better um but it can just totally stop totally and also it's like again we're such great storytellers in our head mm-hmm. and it's like there's so i did this, this 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 course and in the course they talk about like what happened and then the story so like what happened happened yeah. the rest is a story the rest is what you've made up in your head what a beautiful, awesome practice to be like, oh, I had to experience this to really like tame my ego, mm-hmm. to really be like, it's not about me. Like I'm, it's 21,000 days to live, to create, an, to, we're here for like a tiny speck of time. I want to, I want to leave the place better than I found it. I want to like be a great mom. I want to be a great friend. I want to be, a, I want to build things that, that are valuable for the planet. And then I'm going to go like everyone else. So all that bullshit is just stories in our head. Like we make it all up, like all the conflict that we have about everything we make up in our head, right? Which is why I I really focus on 13 specific, Mm -hmm. just, you know, common beliefs that we have um, that need disruption. Mm -hmm. And and that's the the, the book is really all about like 13 common beliefs that we believe to be true that are just like complete made up bullshit. Yeah, the power of belief is something I talk a lot about. And I just think it really um, does come back down to the story that you're telling yourself about yourself. Um, And yeah, I really have thought of myself as like, Lisa, you're the author of your own life. So if you're the author of your own life, what genre are you choosing to write your story in, right? Like if something bad happens, okay, is it a horror, a thriller, drama? Like, but you can choose to make it a comedy. So if you choose to make it a comedy, how can you take this super shitty situation and rewrite totally. it so that it can bring joy 100%. and laughter? Um, and I've done that in the past with terrible health situations where I could be mm-hmm. sitting on the floor crying and be like, why me? Or I literally laugh at myself. It's like, this is pretty pathetic. Like, you're eating a cold steak with your hand, right? Like, that was, like, one of my stories. And it's like, it could have been horrifying, but I chose to write the story that empowered me mm-hmm. to lead to, to, to the result that I wanted. Yes. That's it. And, and humor is everything. It's like, you just have to get people to remind you of your greatness and, like, why you're here. And, like, you know, like, this is the, the world that you live in and this is, like, what you're doing. And this is why, you know, you, you're, you're asking for these kinds of rocks to be thrown at you because of the work that you're doing. Mm. So, like... That's, you know, so you have to really accept it. Just not fucking care about what anyone fucking thinks. Right. How do you do that then, right? Because I think that that's where fear kicks in. And I love this topic of fear because I think that it can be completely destructive or you can use it to empower you. So when I feel the fear, I'm like, it means you have to do it. So it empowers me to actually do it. Um, But talk to me about the fear because I'm sure you've had to, in being a disruptor, you have to challenge the, you know, the norm of periods, of toilets and things like that. So... How do you deal with fear? Yeah, I mean, one thing that that I that my my coach made me do, which I thought was really an incredible thing, was was write a poem um, for myself that just that which is entitled "Do You Know Who I Am and What I Did," which basically is like looking back to myself if I'm like 80 years old, looking back to my life, 
and just asking myself, what are the things that were the most important? And what are the things that I did in my life that like who, who I am in my life? She was like, I want you to write down just a poem. And so I wrote it and I wrote it like, like just a little while ago of, do you, do you know who I am and what I did? And, it, and so like the concept is like when you care about what other people think, you're constantly like working really hard to prove yourself, you know, or like the am I is like, it's like, am I good enough? Am I like likable? Am I versus I am like, I am someone who does this. Our amygdala is our fight or flight part of our brain. It's that signal that a lion's coming. And so for us, the fight or flight is negative stories, take down pieces, clickbait, mm-hmm. all the shit that you read. And you're like, ah! you know, it's like the storms, the hurricanes, the shootings, the theft, the this, the that, like the Trump, that all the negative, you makes you click because it's, it's your fight or flight, it's your amygdala that chooses, it, it wants to focus on the negative first because it wants to like resolve it before it can focus on the positive. So you just have to be like, all right, I'm just so done giving a fuck about what anyone thinks. And I'm just going to focus on being fully in integrity within myself, authentically who I am. And, 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 and when I'm myself, I attract all these people who I want to get to know who are like-minded, who are also following their authentic path. So let's say though you're young, 16, 17, 18, yep. um, and you haven't yet got the community, the people behind mm-hmm. you that you said that you've built over time that really support you. So you don't have them. You've written the poem that, let's say they've sat there and they've written their own poem. How do they actually use it, though, in those moments of feeling the utter fear because you've got people throwing hate at you, you shouldn't do this, oh, my God, you're crazy, what do you mean you're not going to college, what do you mean, right? You've got your parents, the pressure, let's say you're married or your kids or whatever, and people still don't necessarily believe, and you feel the fear. How do you use that poem or whatever to actually get past it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's an act of participation. You can't just be like, I wrote this thing and then I did this. Like, you know, you, you actually have to then start seeking out people. I have a perfect example of this, which is my friend Max, who I love to hear. He's one of my best friends today. And he was, you know, the groomsman, you know, at my, at my wedding. When I met him, I was 32 years old. He was 22, so 10 years younger. And um, my husband and I were at an island in Panama, for New Year's and, and we were at with this, with some entrepreneurs and some new people. And he was one of them. And so when we came back to New York, literally we would send out emails to be like, Hey, we're having a party or we're doing this. He'd be the first person there. He'd be the last person to leave. He'd be adding so much value to every conversation. He would be bringing so much like brilliant like perspectives. He wasn't just showing up as a wallflower. He just showed up and participated and was just there. And then over the next couple of years, few years, he became our best friend. But it's like, it's really all about what you put in. It's about showing up. It's about going places and being like, I really want to get to know this person. And every time I throw an event, I'm just going to show up. Every time they do this, I'm just going to go and I'm going to bring my all to that. And then all of a sudden, you're their friend and all of a sudden you're bringing value for each other. And all of a sudden, it's like you're, you're besties. So I, I think it's just making sure that you're const- like, like Burning Man. The reason why I love Burning Man is because it's a place where all societal preconceptions Mm -hmm. are gone. If you're a lawyer, you can go wearing a tutu and like, and, and, you know, and like nipple tassels and you're fine. It creates a whole new context of perspective. Like I remember last year going to Burning Man, and this is also my book where I, where I go and I, I, I saw a random, in the middle of the desert, saw a washing machine, like in the middle of the desert with a fake cat sleeping on it. Like with the cat was breathing on the washing machine in the middle of the desert, nothing else in sight. And so 
it just it just proved to me that context is so important. Like where like like you can be whimsical and open in this context, and societally, who cares? And you can just be fully free in yourself here. But then when you're out in the real world, then you have to then you know succumb to these sort of like practices in these ways.、Mm-hmm. Why can't we bring that authentic freedom to the real world? We can, and I feel like places like Burning Man give you permission to do that. So I feel like those who Want to feel liberated and self-expressed, and find their own authentic path to go find experiences like Burning Man, where they participate and they put put effort in, and they get to go and like be whoever they want to be,、mm-hmm. and then receive, like receive and see how they're received in their authentic state. And and a hundred percent of the time, it's like this incredibly like heart opening experience. Wow, that's amazing! And what I love is that you're saying you go and do this, and you bring it into your real world.、Yeah. And it really is society having expectations and putting labels on us of that we should be something or do something, and then going out and being able to have a space where we can be whoever we really authentically are. I actually. Was reading your、um, who you dedicated the book to,、yeah. and so it's a photo of you with your son. So I'm like, oh, this can be really sweet. It can be like, I do this all for you. You are my like, just thinking like <laughs> generically about what a mum would say about their kid. And as I read it, I was like, you're my kind of girl. <laughs> and this is what you wrote to your son. I promise to never lose myself for you because the more me I can be, the more I can inspire you to be you.、Mm. That just gave me chills just reading、mm. it again because I was absolutely brought up with a mum that like lost herself completely to her children,、mm-hmm. you know. And as a as the child, I'm like I had the best childhood ever. Like my mum was amazing; she、yeah. was always there for us. But she was the woman who gave everything up for her kids.、Mm-hmm. And as a kid, it was split. One, I loved it because my mum was always there. But two, I saw that she was unhappy,、mm-hmm. and I really. Remember,、mm. growing up, seeing that my mom—if she wasn't doing something for us kids, she was just in front of the TV—and、right. I never saw her live for herself. And I think we get stuck as women in feeling like if we're going to have kids, we have to give up every single ounce of our being. And what I loved about how you addressed it in the book is, I'm doing this for you,、mm-hmm. right?、But、Because I, mean- I have to be me for you. So please tell、yeah. me your thoughts about that. Like it just literally stopped me in my tracks.、Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I, I. That's exactly it. Like the thought of becoming a mother, I think from, you know, experiences past was was really that. There's this real hypocrisy in society where it's like you're damned if you are a working mother, but you're damned if you're a stay at home mom too. You know. Actually, there's another quote that fits in perfectly here that you wrote that I've got down. We are judged for being working mums and not being there for our children, and yet we are also judged for being stay at home mums and not working. We are also judged if we aren't mothers at all. It's true, like it's crazy, right? And that's why society is just—it's just ridiculous because it's like you can't win. You know, it's like, oh, you're this or that. You're too loud. You're too quiet. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too that. It's like, which is it? Like, you know, it's a—it's a—it's a you can't win control society. It just—it's just—it's meant to make you feel lesser than always.、Um, so I wrote that because、um, I just wanted to. You know, really establish that for myself too. Is that like、mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to be me, and 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 I think like and Andrew even Andrew and I talked about it together too. It's like the more the more we love each other, and the more we are, we love our lives, the more our kid will be inspired by that. 
because like because that's that's what's inspiring it's not about i mean being a good mother is inspiring too but it's also about being happy and being having a great life and having a great love and having a great experience for yourself and it's like they i think my son is really happy he's the happiest baby I, i've ever seen because he sees our joy you know and i think we we're doing what we love and we're out we're just like getting after it and and we also love him so it's like it's this i think you know it's it's i'm not stopping for him mm. which i think will be better for him yeah, yeah. that's so powerful and so important because mm-hmm. i always thought um you know if i had kids with tom that we would be the same that it's like you've got to take care of you and i think that that's changing now i think society yeah. back when i was younger it was definitely like stay, stay married right even if your marriage isn't good stay married because it's good stability for the child mm-hmm. and now if you're in a relationship which is toxic if i was brought up in that relationship what would that have done to my psyche on being married my friend my friend's um boyfriend's going through that exact same thing he's so afraid to have children because he saw his parents being so unhappy mm. as parents and so he's just like why would i want that for myself when my own parents were miserable having kids yeah it's it's interesting how it's really passing down from to the next generation where he's afraid of having children because he doesn't want to have an unhappy life right which is fascinating and how do you then switch that to say no 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 it's still possible to have a happy version of this yeah. even if we haven't experienced it what would you yeah it, it's it's finding great examples like right. even if it's not your own parents but if it's like your peers that are having great relationships that's what that's what you should be like using as your example and not you know just that one mm mm-hmm. Um last thing I want to touch on that I just find so interesting just as a human and then everything that you've done like going being a disruptor going against the norm how do you handle being judged Yeah I've never experienced like that kind of like judgment before as and un- un- you know like until re- very recently Um and Which is that harder do you think because you almost don't have the experience Yeah I mean it was very hard um and i and i think you know now i've come i've i i'm i keep like every week is is a healing experience for me where you're just like all right like i just feel almost like just now where i'm like all right like i've grieved long enough mm-hmm. like i felt i've been through the up and down i've become the warrior gear of mine i've practiced pattern interrupt i've moved forward i'm creating a bunch of new things and then there's those moments of like when i've i felt judgment where i'm just like you know especially on my period where i'm extra mm. you know sad you know or extra just sort of like emotional that's the time where i have to go and be with my loved ones and really mm. really be held in a cocoon space and just know that but elnor roosevelt mm. said your reputation is none of your business yeah. judgment is going to happen from the peanut gallery like you just can't you just have to stay the course and just be like focused on light focused on the joy focused on the challenge of like the task at hand and everything else is just noise how did you yeah. figure that out then the oh it's the time of the month i actually get more sensitive yeah. and then like figure out oh being around in a cocoon is what helps me like how did you figure that out because for other people it may not be that exact thing but if you can give them tips on how they discover what that thing is yeah. that could be amazing. yeah i mean i i think for me it just like it was just like what felt like what calmed me down. And when you're when you're with your people who love you so much and you love them so much, you just nothing matters. Like it's just a bunch of yeah. joke and then everyone just laughs at me and then I laugh at them. It just like everything becomes hilarious because you're like, "Oh my god, I just took myself so seriously. Like, this is a joke. We're all going to die. Like who cares?" Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you kind of get that perspective back again. Like we're all going to die. Like it doesn't 
nothing matters except for having a laugh and like having a great time being, you know, doing the thing that you love, focusing on like stuff that improves the planet and then the world. And that's it. Do you force yourself to, to go or is it innate? Because for me, my default is be alone. Yeah, no, I, I force myself, you but then you always feel better. Yeah, I know that's the yeah. worst weird, right? It's like every time I, know, you I wanna, force myself, yeah. but every time, even now at my age, I'm like yeah. 39. You yeah. think by now my body would just go, yeah, you should be around people, but it's not. My default is always go be by yourself. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, but I force myself, and then I'm glad I did. Yeah, exactly. And that same thing like working out. It's like, oh, I don't want to get. Uh, and you're, you're always glad you did after you work out. But on, on the way there, you're like, oh, I'm so tired. Like, oh, I feel achy. Oh, I, I, I forgot. I have, to, I have more work to do. Or you kind of make up all these reasons why you can't. And then you, every time, you're like, oh, that felt so good. That release was amazing. So it's the same thing. It's just like when you're going through something, you know, like being with your friends, working out, it's just a perspective. It just, yeah. boom, puts you right back into the right perspective. I love it because I always tell myself, Lisa, you're in control. So yeah. if I'm in a sad, shitty situation, yeah, control I can control it. And putting slow music on, for instance, yeah. it's like, no, this is my control. It's not actually helping. Yeah, so yeah. pick up the control and literally and change, change the, the song. Ch- yeah. Change the song. Yeah. I love that yeah. so much. Oh, well, before I ask my last question, where can these guys find you online? Get the book, yeah. all that good stuff. Amazing. Um, well, first they can check out my, my new company, Tushy, yeah. and they go to hellotushy.com. Because? Oh, you can't go to tushy.com because it's a porn site, a very graphic anal porn site. So go to hellotushy.com. <laughs> Just to Hellotushy.com. And then, um, and then you can check out my book, Disrupt Her, at disrupther.co. Um, and that's coming out in January, Comes correct? out January, yeah. but you can pre-order now and for mm-hmm. bonus stuff. And yeah, definitely check everything out. That's so cool. Yeah. And the final question, what would you consider your superpower? I think my superpower is seeing trends before they become trendy. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, organic gluten-free thing was, you know, we started it 10 years before Ten the years. movement. Wow. Yeah, started and the period positive revolution. We really led that, I feel like, and now... More and more people are adopting bidets. In fact, Bill Gates just released this $200 million project on improving the toilet um, for the developing world. So I think that, I mean, I think I'm, I do see shifts that in, in society that really need them and, and use products to do that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Guys, 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 this woman is not afraid to tackle the taboos, as you can see. This is a woman that literally looks at the problems of society, problems that she faces herself on a day-to-day basis, and says, it's my problem to solve. So she goes out, she figures it out, and she does it. And in that, she has to tackle the haters, and she doesn't let that stop her. And that's what I really, really want to point out here she doesn't let that stop her and because of that she was able to build a multi-million dollar company and now she's got a book out that's really going to help disrupt your life if you actually listen to it so if you have twenty-one thousand days left what are you going to do with them if you really want to live an authentic life that is truly a um, replica of your dreams then first you have to disrupt So guys, go check her book out, Disrupt Her. It's on sale in January, but you can pre-order now. And if you haven't already subscribed, click that button down there. And until next time, go be the superhero of your own life.
Peace out. What's up, guys? Lisa here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already subscribed, please do click that subscribe button. Click, click, click away so you don't miss any new episodes that come out every single Wednesday. And if you feel so inclined be great to get a rate and a review from you that'd be awesome that's how we get the show in front of more people and create more impact on more women so until then go out and be the superhero of your own life